We are continuing with our theme on courage, and we're going to tag along what Bishop was teaching from last week, being a giant slayer, and we're going to be talking about courage and success, one of the teachings that was touched by Zalwani during the word explosion. So this morning, we are talking around courage and success. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, the scripture that Bishop has been using since the beginning of the year, just to introduce this topic. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to observe all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. You and me as children of God... In the hands of God, under God's guidance, we are going somewhere. We may not be where we want to be. We may not be where we thought we would be by now. There may be things around us that we feel we could have done more. But one thing for God, there's no time to regret. When he leads you and when he guides you. When, he, when you obey him, he gives you a chance to repent and to recover, even on the lost time. This is a special word coming to a young man by the name of Joshua. He's coming in into leadership, treading on footsteps of an extraordinary leader. A leader who has seen the miracles of God more than any living human being who has seen them except for Jesus Christ. When he had encounters with God, Moses, God spoke to him person to person. You and me only see God in dreams. We hear the voice of God through prophecy. He had the voice of God directly. Now this young man as he is about to get into leadership position, I think out of a sense of responsibility, of knowing who he was succeeding, from whom he was taking the baton, coming to finish what Moses could not finish. He's fearful. He's afraid. And God speaks to him directly. He says, be strong. Joshua, this is not a time to play weakness. This is not a time to look into your background. Be strong. God can say you'll be strong if you don't have capacity to be strong. He says be strong and not just be courageous, but be very courageous. He's speaking to him. He says he must do these things so that he may be successful. Successful. But he shows him the key. He says be careful. Be careful. Be cautious. He's warning him to look at things with respect. He says be careful to obey. Don't just have blind obedience. Know what you must obey. Know what you must do. He says, obey not some of the law. All the law Moses, my servant, gave you. Most of the time, when we see the word law, Torah, if you go to Aramic, you go to Hebrew, that word does not mean regulations. It means teachings. All of us have our own Moses that the Lord gives teachings, principles that we need to equip us to be successful in life. He says, be careful to obey all the law. My servant Moses has given to you. In this church, we have our own Moses in the person of Bishop Sona. He's always teaching us because in those teachings, God, as his servant, has given those things not for him. 
When God gives him teaching, he has you and you and you in his mind. That I will anoint him. That I will give him revelation. So that you take the revelation to unlock your way to the success I'm leading you into. Be careful. There will be copycats Moses. There will be Fong Kong Moses. Who don't have the teaching, the revelation that is necessary for you to lead you and guide you in the success the Lord is leading you into. Be careful to observe. As he's talking to him, God wants him not just to live a life where he leads. He wants him to be a successful leader. God wants you to be a successful Christian. Successful in your marriage. Successful in your career. Successful in your business. Successful as a person who has the character that God wants you to have. But he says, be strong and very courageous. It takes courage and strength to obey the teachings of God. Because we have people out there who are teaching things we want to hear. But they are not based on the word of God. They are there to take you from the left and to the right. They are there to misguide you into the path you were called into. What they teach sounds good, but it is not sound teaching. It is not based on the word. It is not God-centered. It is not Christ-centered. It is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. It does not edify anybody else but themselves. Let's look at the word courage and define it. We're going to use a definition that was used from the Cambridge Dictionary. It means the ability to control fear in a dangerous or a difficult situation. When you say you have courage, you have to recognize that you're going to be navigating on your way to success. And there will be difficult terrain, difficult circumstances, dangerous conditions you must pass through. Spiritually, physically, naturally, and emotionally in order for you to reach your success. But you must be in a position as you walk there by controlling your own fear. The other definition, it means the quality of mind and spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain without fear, but in bravery. You see, all of us, our state of mind is not the same. Others have a healthy state of mind. Others have an unhealthy state of mind. When your mind is unhealthy, it's when you speak negativity. When God expects you to have faith. It's when you speak failure. When God says you can do it. You are responsible for the weather in your head. Whether it's bad weather or good weather. You are the weather woman of your mind. You are the weather man spiritually over your mind. If it's fine and cloudy, if there are thunderstorms, hurricanes, because there's a tsunami in your spirit, you're not standing on solid ground. That is the word of God. You are moved by what you see. You're not moved by the word of God. In life, you have to decide whose report are you going to believe about you? The report of the world, the report of the people, than the report of God who never changes. Who's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Who never lies? Who watches over his word to perform? Whose promises are yes and amen? Can he give a promise and shall he not do it? God is not a man that he should lie. That is change his mind. He is a faithful God. He's trustworthy. He has elevated his word above his name. Heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will stand sure.
forever. Synonyms of courage. Fearlessness. Guru, you do have fear, but you fear less. It's being daring. Doing the things that you're afraid to do, but you still do them anyhow. It's having guts. It's when you gather your strength and speak to yourself and say, I'm doing this. I'm doing this in the name of God. I'm doing this because the word of God says so. I'm doing this because it's the vision of God for the church. It is tenacity. It's when you refuse to crumble even when you are cornered. It is audacity. It is when you do unbelievable things and say, am I the one doing this? It is heroic. It's when you go through danger and survive and say, God, we did it. It is determination saying, never say die. I'm not going to coil back. I'm pushing forward. It is boldness. It's when you tell yourself, I'm going to have knee, nerves of steel. No longer going to be a crybaby baby anymore. I'm going to cry, but I'm going to wipe my tears away and gather my life together. I'm going to be out of emotions, be emotionally broken and whatever, but God put the pieces together. We're doing this. It is fortitude. When you hide yourself behind the mighty hand of God, whoever touches you, touches God. You are an apple of God's eye. It is when your back has a bone. And I say, I'm going to stand. Having done all to stand, I'm still standing. Devil, bring it on. It is when you use your power. Jesus, on his resurrection, when he comes to his disciples in Matthew 28, he says, all authority, not some authority. All authority and power I give to you. Go into the world. Why Why are you doubting your God? When all authority, when all power has been given to you. It also means black. Molecationing. Habashima nebasatibin hushela. Banalili kwababa. Abana mutarasi metana nyanyare. Abanka di minti. Hi, baby. Ha hosa buayena. Hubua chemical. Black. Sometimes people to do things that give them boldness. They have to take alcohol. They have to take drugs. But when you are a child of God, greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in the world. You've got black. 
I like what Annie Dillard believed. She says, you can't test courage cautiously. You can't. God, when he calls you, he says, come, follow me. Leave everything you have. Take up your cross and die to self. God is not cautious when he calls you. He's not cautious. God is not giving you a life which is risk-free. You want to get married, but you are afraid of divorce. We will deal with divorce in marriage. We don't deal with it before marriage. Some of you, you die before you are dead. And you miss enjoying the benefits of God with this what ifs, what if. You are like an insurance salesperson. What if you, you, your, 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 your leg, what if you lose? I have not lost my leg. I have not lost it. What if I lose it? We'll deal with it when we have lost it. It's still around. The last time I checked, it was around. What if? What if? What if? What if you start a business, it failed? We, we, you have not even started. You don't have a brochure. You don't even have a business card. But you are thinking failure. No, no, you're disturbing me. I'm working on my plan. I'm starting my business. I'm opening my business account. I'm coming with my marketing strategy. We will deal with failure. We will deal with bankruptcy when I'm running the business. You can't be cautious. You can't be cautious. Caution will keep you in poverty, will keep you in obscurity, will make you a nobody, will make you an underachiever. You will never know what you are made of that is a blessing. Until you try. Now let's look at examples of courageous characters and people just from our own community, backyard. Then we'll look into courageous ones in the Bible. Then we'll come to application. We'll see how far we go. I like what Ben Carson's observed when it comes to matters of looking at successful people. Because sometimes we look at successful people. We see the finished product. We see them staying in the house. Hey. We go to economy, they're flying business. We wish we were there. We are tired of chicken and beef, chicken and beef, chicken and beef. Are you there? They are buying in shops. We only buy when we have a bonus. For them, it's a regular. And you see, ooh, how fortunate. And you see yourself unfortunate, having more problems. Your problem is you see the finished product. You don't see where they started. You don't see their struggles. You don't see their pains. Ben Carson says, successful people don't have fewer problems. They have determined that nothing will stop them from going forward. Some of you two weeks ago, you were not at church. Because it was raining. <laughs> Weather stops you. You're saying, God, use me. How can God use you when you melt? <laughs> Just a few clouds and five, five degrees drop of temperature. Your faith is disturbed. Your faith. The same person who are saying, greater is he that is in me. Five degrees less. A few clouds and a few drops of rain. Your faith is disturbed. Yet you are the one who was preaching about Daniel in the fire. Let's, let's forget Daniel in the fire. The fourth man, the angel. You are not ready for the fire. Can we deal with weather? Just weather. Weather. 
before we go to the lion's den before I'd like to start first by talking about Gog Estamathango. This woman had courage for her success. Her courage to make Ndebele culture iconic in the world from a time when African culture was despised. She made African art well known in the world of Picasso and modern art, Rembrandt, she made her mark with Ndebele painting and beadwork. She redefined the concept of beauty from a perspective of black community to be respected through a rich tapestry of Ndebele colors and Ndebele patterns. She showed the world that Africans created color blocking long before the West was fascinated by it. Gog Esther is a courageous, she's a courageous pioneer who went against existing stereotypes about African women with their talent and leadership. Oh, this woman. She pushed boundaries to succeed with her skill, her experience, and empowerment. Not from Harvard. Not from Wurz. Not from UCT. Not from the University of Geneva or the University of China but from her own culture without formal academic training. To date, to date, her work is studied by many researchers. Yet she never published a dissertation. Fine arts experts. She created an open-air museum of Ndebele culture. She traveled the world teaching and exhibiting her work, which is featured on many publications. Just go on Dr. Google. There's more than a hundred articles that are written just about her work. But where does she come from? Middleback. In Pumalang, three hours from here. Just past Whitbank. You are middle. <laughs> she was born in 1935, being the first of nine children. In 1991, she was given the honor to paint a 525 BMW with Ndebele art. Even if you go to the museum in Munich, the picture is there. Are we paying my Painted it. In 2006, she was awarded the Order of Ingamanga Silver for her achievement in fine arts. On the 10th of April this year, she was awarded an honorary PhD from the University of Johannesburg. Doctor, Doctor, Gogo, Esther, Masangu. Oh. Yet you are in a better situation than her. Yet you have MBA, you have education, you have BSc. She didn't even have grade 12. You are making excuses. She does not even have an internet account. 
She does not have an email. You have an email. She has traveled the world. You have no passport. I want to come to the second gentleman that many people don't even know who he is. In the first service, there was more than 1,500 people and only 18 people knew who this gentleman was. Hamilton Naki. Who knows this guy? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 30, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56. Let's say for argument's sake, there's 100 people. And this auditorium seats 4,800. We don't know who Hamilton Naki is. Don't go to Google. I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> Not much is known about him. Not much is known about his talent. And his great contribution in medicine for the good of humanity. Until recently. He is the gentleman who worked with Professor Chris Barnard. To develop and master open heart surgical techniques. He helped Dr. Chris Barnard to perform the first human heart transplant in the Khrotesky Hospital on the 3rd of December, 1967, as a lab assistant. But despite his surgical brilliance and achievement, he lived many years in obscurity as a gardener to his retirement because apartheid considered him as a mere laborer and not as a scientist. Where does he come from? Naki was born on the 26th June 1926 in Transkai. Some of you, the Bonfries, you don't even know where that world is. <laughs> it's in the Eastern Cape. Naki only attended school until the age of 14. And because of famine and poverty, he became a migrant work worker from the age of 14. And moved as a youth to Cape Town. And he was hired as a gardener by the University of Cape Town. Where he was minding the lawns. Kunduchan. Minding the lawns. Taking his wages back home to support his poor family. In 1954, Robert Gotts, the university professor of surgery, he saw him on the lawns mowing the lawns and he was making a procedure on a giraffe and the giraffe was too big to handle he says hey hey hey, hey not i'm just adding there i'm an actor today <laughs> hey, hey. Say, 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 say. got into the lamb into the hold this leg and this other leg and the professor was working the guy was watching and observing gardener School up to 14, which means he went up to standard 7. Holding a giraffe. Your career starts with you holding a giraffe. Oh. Maybe you're not where you're supposed to be. Your work is just, hey, hold Bambala. Don't talk. We, you are here, but we don't see you. Just hold. 
holding a giraffe. Naki could do the break. Hey, variety. You move from dealing with the lawn. There were no, no, no serious lawnmowers in those days. However they were working, they were working. So it was a nice break for people who had no tea time. How do you have tea in the lawn? Some of you, you are thinking about in canteen. There's no canteen in Tea time. Then he became a regular. This guy, as he was holding this giraffe, the prof says, hey, this guy is good to hold. <laughs> he kept on inviting him to hold, just to hold. As the professor was dissecting animals in his research, professor was so impressed that this guy has a work ethic. He holds longer. He does not complain. He's a hard worker. To do what? Hold. <laughs> he kept on calling him. And he says, can we promote you? No more holding. Cleaning now. Clean the mess. Of the animals. After they have, because animals were not given nappies. He was cleaning. Cleaning. But as he was cleaning, they saw his keenness. He became adept and showing interest in the surgical procedures. Trying to understand them. Making attempts. And he was given special permission. To do some little research work. That's what we are calling it now because it's post his life. It was not so nice. There was no research work. And he started to take over. Taking care of the animals that were operated. From cleaner, your patients now to help them to be rehabilitated are animals. Yeah. Speaking to horses, you're going to get right, horsey. You're going to get right. Might be painful now, but joy comes in the morning. <laughs> but Naki, as he was observing and working, taking care of the animals, God had blessed him with intelligence, with a good memory. He learned watching over the other surgeons as they were working. And at some point, he was able to carry out a liver transplant of a pig without being helped. There was little qualified surgeons could do with degrees, diplomas they could do that he could not do. Somebody who was a gardener. Come, hold here. He could do what surgeons could do. The story continues. When the professor who noticed him, Professor Gute, left for America, Chris Barnard was hired at UCT to replace Professor Gute. And when he came, he was impressed by the abilities of this guy. And he used him as his first anesthetist. And later, as his principal surgical assistant. Naki, listen to this, Naki. Naki. Played a major role in training 3,000 hard surgeons who studied under Barnard. The doctors that he produced, when they saw Naki working, they observed and described how he managed. They didn't understand how he managed to join tiny little blood vessels that hold a life of a human being or a life of an animal. 
and finished the work skillfully assisting medical students when they, assist, when they perform surgeries over animals. One distinguished professor, Professor Ralph Kirsch, the director of the Liver Research Center, described Naki as one, one of the most remarkable men who really come around once in this world in a long time. Kirsch continues to say, a man without any education, he mastered surgical techniques at the highest level and passed them on young doctors. I don't think, he says, this happens every often, anywhere in the world. In 2002, the president of South Africa, president, former president Tabombeki, gave Naki the country's highest order the order of Mapungubye for his service. The following year in 2003, Grasha Machel, the vice chancellor of the University of Cape Town, gave Naki an honorary degree in medicine in recognition of his work in the field of surgery. In 2005, Naki died, but his life and work did not die with him. There was a documentary called The Hidden Heart that was inspired to talk about his story. But where does he come from? Courage. 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 I want to come to the Bible for a landing. Two biblical models. In Numbers 13, verse 30 to 33, we come, against, we come across a gentleman by the name of Caleb. After reading the story, my conclusion was, he's a big-thinking winner. When the people of Israel were terrified because of the spies, the 12 of them, who went in to, to inspect and spy the land that they were about to conquer, came back with the bad news and they were complaining and making a lot of doi doi. Caleb tried to quieten them and say, let's go at once for certainly we can conquer this land. Verse 31. Other men who explored the land, they disagreed with him. We can't go against them. They are stronger than we are. Verse 33, they spread the bad news of the land amongst the Israelites. They say, the land we have traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge, big, humongous, gigantic. We even saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. How did they read the minds of the giants? When nobody can read somebody's mind. So when the children of Israel were doubtful about possessing the land, Caleb refused to be his known negative critic. Together with Joshua, they took the courage and believed God that they can defeat and dispossess the giant. When the majority saw themselves as grasshoppers, they saw themselves as giant slayers, as Bishop was teaching. They refused to be small-minded and became big thinkers. Tim Fargo says, your mind is your own prison when you focus on your fear. Some of us were imprisoned in poverty because we are afraid of something different. I want to come to a woman called Esther. Bold in the face of death, for the sake of her people. We find the story in Esther chapter 4, verse 12 to 16. Mordecai sends Esther a message when, Mordecai, when, when Esther is enjoying royalty, being pampered as a potential queen. Who's going to replace Queen Vasti? And she's there, cushioned from the struggle, the oppression, the discrimination of God's people. Some of us, we are middle class. We don't know poverty. 
But being middle class is not your destiny. Middle class only means you can afford to pay your debt. It does not mean you are wealthy. You have the income to get a credit card with a good limit. They can trust you to borrow for consumption. Why don't you use it for wealth creation? Why don't you use it to change legacy? Why don't you use it to crush poverty that, that has been engineered through the many years as a vicious cycle under apartheid? We don't want you to be the only one who stands out amongst the crowd and can afford a decent life. We want all the people to afford a decent life. When Mordecai challenged Esther, Esther says, verse 15, go gather the Jews who are in Susa. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, day or night. And I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, oh Jesus, I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Oh, look at this lady. Who got into a position that was strategic? For her beauty. Ladies, you don't know how powerful you are. That you can be prophetic. Beyond being a beauty queen. Beyond pedicure, mascara. Beyond stiletto, silk and share. Beyond size 32, cup B. Beyond Brazilian hairstyle. Beyond having the catwalk. Don't you know you have come into the kingdom for such as this? Maybe when they saw you, they saw your beauty. But they did not know you've got brains. They did not know you have depth. You can pray. You can fast. You know the promises of his word. They don't know that you are God's secret weapon to bring a transformation agenda. But they don't know that your heart beats about the things of the kingdom of God. They love you for your curves. They love you for how God has beautifully designed you. But they don't know you have listened to Peter when he says, don't let your beauty be just outward beauty. Let it be the beauty of the heart. They don't know your creativity. They don't know your wisdom. They don't know your agility. They don't know your perseverance. They don't know your staying power. They don't know you can pray heaven down. They don't know you can call principalities and powers down. Application. Areas where you can have courage. There's six of them, but... I'm only committing myself to three. I like what Ruth Gordo said. She said, courage is like a muscle. We strengthen it by use. Some of you, you can't walk five kilometers as yet. Are you there? If you walk it, it's like you are dying. After five k's, hey, Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 
That headquarters you are working at, when the lifts are not working, and you have to go to third floor on the emergency stairs. By the time you are in first, first stairs, you say, oh, Jesus, into your hands. I'm about to give my spirit. First floor. The problem is not because you are weak. You've got muscles that have potential. You have just not exercised them. Courage is like that. You need to stretch and exercise your courage muscle. How do you do it? By using it. Use it. Stop excuses. Face your music. Face that husband of yours who God still has to minister to him. Don't call your wife the devil. You're not married to a devil. You're just married to a woman who's fearfully and wonderfully made. You just have to discover how to handle this gift. Number one, you must have courage in storms. You will have your storms. But you have to stand strong when you face challenges and pressures in order for you to succeed. Second Chronicles chapter 2. Second Chronicles 32, verse 7 to 8. The word of God comes. You see this phrase repeated. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of king of Assyria or his mighty army. For there is a power far greater on our side. Oh, Jesus. Verse 8. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have our Lord. God is our help to help us and to fight our battle for us. Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. Mary Ann Radmacher says, courage does not always roar. Like now I'm roaring when I'm preaching. Oh, thank God for modern technology. Public system. Sound. Bass. Jesus. Ah. <laughs> but that's not how I normally sound. Even when I pray, there's no loudspeaker. does not always roar. Sometimes courage is a little voice at the end of the day that says, I have failed today, but I will try again tomorrow. I'm not giving up. I'm not getting discouraged. Tomorrow is a new day. Oh, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He gives us fresh messes every day. Number two, be brave to invest in your vision. First Chronicles chapter 28 verse 2, David is, is having this succession plan that God has given to him. He's handing over kinship to his son Solomon. And when he speaks to him with his assignment that God had given to him, one of them was to rebuild, was to build the temple. He says to him, be strong. That word is coming again. And courageous. Do the work. Be strong and courageous. There's an addition. Angels are not going to do the work for you to accomplish your vision. Do the work. Listen to what he says. As you do the work. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Until all the work for service of the temple, it is finished. But you must be brave 
to make a list of outstanding assignments that you must accomplish in your lifetime as God has mandated you. Bishop, our Moses, he says, hashtag a thousand churches. What? In his lifetime. We are here to help him. We are here to support him. We are here to encourage him. We are here to sow into hashtag. But what is your hashtag? What is your hashtag for your family? What is your hashtag for your career? What is your hashtag for your career? As you help Bishop, you also have your own assignment. Do everything in your power by the grace of God to do what God has purposed for you to do. Have the courage to invest in your vision. Roy Bennett stated this. He says, live the life of your dreams, not your nightmares. Be brave enough to live the life of your dreams according to your vision and purpose instead of the expectations and the opinions of others. Oh, people have opinions about everything. Even when you are dressed by the best of the best, they still have one or two they want to change. You might be dressed this morning by the leading fashionista. One who's known, iconic. But there's somebody who already sees a blemish. And when you look at them, they are dressed, you don't know by who. You have no idea. You have a stylist. But they have something to say. People will have opinions about you. Even when you are in a good space with God, they've got an opinion about you. Even when you are prayed up, they've got an opinion about you. Even when you are, you, are, you are consistent in your devotion, they have an opinion about you. Number three, and we close. Be brave to use your gifts and your talents. Oh, song is participate. There's nobody who came here on earth empty-handed. Something that God has given to you in your hand. Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? Now you've got something. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Paul reminds Timothy. Therefore, he says, for this reason, for the reason that you have a call, for the reason that you are anointed by God, for the reason that you are assigned by God, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of hands. Maybe you have never had an angel speak to you to say, Oh, Zotwa, I have called you as an engineer. Oh, Lord, I receive engineering, engineering. Go to the University of Texas. Oh, here, yeah, America, I come. <laughs> but one thing for sure if you've been coming to the church bishop has prayed for you he has laid hands on you stay there's something beautiful there's treasure you are loaded inside you are gifted stay 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 yourself. Stay yourself out of obscurity. Stay yourself out of weakness. Stay yourself out of fear. Stay yourself out of weaknesses and excuses. And he says, verse 7, for God has given things, but this one he has not given. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Don't own up to fear 
God has not given it to you. Fear was just passing your way, and you received, you received. You know, Masalam, there's things that pass our way. They will always pass. But you need to know what is given to you. I've got bad luck. Bad luck was just passing. It was just passing. God has not given it to you. He says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Yeah, yeah. Because people don't like me. They attack me. They criticize me. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. No weapon formed against you will prosper. But people are still manufacturing weapons. We don't know for who. No factory is closed that manufactures. They still do it. Danel is still doing weapons. Still doing them. We don't know for who, but for you. Don't claim it. No weapon formed, that's especially for you, will prosper. But God has given you the spirit of power. Power belongs to you. God has given you a spirit of love. Some people, they hate you because you are gifted. Don't stress when they hate you. It doesn't take the gift. Just love them. Just, just love them. Oh, no man, nothing but love. Do you know the only debt that you can never pay against any human being is the debt to love them. I owe you love until I die. But God has given you the spirit of a sound mind. Confusion is not your inheritance. But Alan, you must live as a person who is mindful of the abilities you have that you must employ profitably in your mission. You must live courageously as the best gifted child of God who is willing to engage their gift for growth. If you want growth in your life, engage your gift. You are the best gifted child of God. Hey, Pasalan, you are gifted. When you wake up in the morning, you say, hey, man, I didn't know. Hey. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, if I say I'm not, Jesus. Wow. I've got people skills. People eat in my hands. Jesus. I might not know how to talk, but I'm a thinker. I've got brilliant ideas. I'm a designer. I see beauty people can't see. Hey, I walk into situations. I'm a great entrepreneur. I see opportunities. Why so foggy a time. Ufi ganja so foggy a time. So so nintoya kuya a time. Smanja manja a time. Ufi ganji. You see opportunities. You come into a population. You see children walking to school for long kilometers. So shangani sama passage. School transport. Ufi ganji. School transport. So I'm a custom. School, mtolo, mtolo, kids transport. Ufiga. There were other people before you, but they didn't see that opportunity. You are gifted. You are gifted. Have the courage to implement your gifts. Something I downloaded on the internet. These are close. Take a leap. Don't wait for the right circumstances. Don't wait to be discovered when God knows who you are. 
Don't wait to master anything. Don't wait. Mama Esther did not wait for the world to recognize her. She did not wait for the orders, the awards. She did not wait for an ordinary degree. She kept on painting and painting. Where there was disbelief, she kept on painting until somebody saw what she was doing. We are waiting to be discovered. You are a singer. You are waiting for a talent search. So ta- talent search. When God knows who you are, you can sing in the church. God has searched you out. You have excuses. Do you think musicians, when they come here, kulula? When I'm out Peggy TV, you look at Ubala. Doremi Repeat. Alto, alto, alto. Soprano. When uh, you are drinking chamomile, Usenzin, you are drinking chamomile, watching your favorite TV. Like any other person, they've been here in the church before the service starts. When are you waiting to be discovered? God has discovered you. That's why you are here. Father, we thank you for your word. That success is our portion when we exercise our courage muscle. You said we must be courageous, very courageous, and be strong. Father, we are taught by Bishop so many things that we are giant slayers, but we are living as if the giants are slaying us. We pray that this legacy is changing today. We are inspired by Mom Esther. It is only when she's 82 she gets an ordinary PhD. 82. We are inspired by Hamilton Naki. After she's dead, she's given recognition. And people are writing and are having something that is a documentary for her. Father, you are not the God of the dead, you are the God of the living. I pray, as Bishop has been teaching us, oh God, success is our portion. Weakness is not our legacy. Excuses, they are not our legacy, we pray. May this word inspire your children, especially the youth, oh God that they can do something with their lives, I pray. I pray. I pray. I pray. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, maybe you are coming here for the first time. You have not received Jesus in your life as your Lord and your Savior. You are far away from God. If you want good success, you start first with God. You give your life to Him. Not to things, but to Him. Say, God, I come as I am. I may not be living the way you want me to live, but I'm giving my life to you this morning. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to change me. I want you to renew me. I'm asking God. If you are here and you want me to pray with you, you want to give your life to God, kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated and let me see that hand and I'll pray for you. Don't be ashamed. Just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll pray for you. Oh, God bless. I see so many hands going up. God bless you this side. God bless you. Anybody else? I'd like to pray for you. Don't be ashamed. I'd like to pray for you. Anybody else? I'd like to pray for you.
ke batla bona tswelo pele e tswang ho modimo e tsahala bophelo mbaka oh god bless you this out ka phamisa lo tsolo ha o dilo le phamisi just raise your hand wherever you are and keep that hand up god bless you at the back god bless you anybody else god bless you i see hands going up god bless you next to the dog god bless you god bless you i'm going to ask everybody who has raised their hand could you kindly stand where you are and drop your hand just stand where you are Take your Bibles, your belonging. Come all the way from where you are. Meet me here in the front. I'd like to pray for you. Even if you did not raise your hand.